0: Hard, play hard. That's a quote Lauren Silver has probably heard a lot. But you know what? With this girl, it's true. Lauren is a clown, an actor, and a facilitator. She runs her own company called Playwell, which trains people to be more creative and playful towards their life and work. On the 17th Peter Monday podcast episode, I had the absolute honor to talk with this lovely and certainly the most graceful clown I've ever met. If you ever wondered what play has to do with work, after listening to this episode, you'll know. My name is Milla Heikkilä, and you're listening to Better Monday podcast, powered by Sofocus.
1: I'm just really it's like funny. amazed by this.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, it's, just, it's so good. Sorry, that's not how you want to start podcast, is it? We're just doing like, oh, this, these materials are amazing. Oh. That's great. I'm happy that you
0: like it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, uh, yes. welcome to Better Monday podcast, Lauren. Happy, happy, super happy to have you Thank as you. our guest.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and to meet you. Um, yeah. I think you have the most amazing job. Being a happiness <laughs> officer, I was just yeah. I could not believe my eyes when I read that. I just think that's the best job in the world <laughs> that you get. That is your job. That's so fantastic. So yeah, it's an absolute pleasure.
0: Yeah, thank you for the kind <laughs> words. I I also love my title. <gasps> and I love my job as well. So oh,
1: did you make that? Did you create that job yourself? Did you? Kind uh,
0: of... Well, I think it was me and our CEO when mm. I initially started at Sophocus like three years ago,
1: mm. but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just think that's brilliant. I think we need more happiness officers in our lives. I think that's such a fantastic thing.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I hope this uh, title and the um, job that I do really spreads uh, mm. to, throughout the world and there will be more happiness officers in the oh, future I hope so. at I workplaces. Hope so. <laughs> But hey, um, what makes a better Monday for you? What makes you feel uh, well on Monday mornings?
1: That is a good a good question. I keep saying, I'm probably <laughs> going to say that for every question. That is a good question. Um, it's very difficult as a freelancer, I think, to separate your time and to not, you know, to be ready for a Monday if you don't have a structured nine to five but um i would say probably a really a really good weekend like a rested weekend um but also a weekend where you feel like you have had fun and you've had pleasure um i would say time off the screen you know as much as possible trying to make sure that you find a way to define your weekends being separate from the work the working day um So I'd say, yeah, maybe a really, really good weekend connecting with people as best that you can, um, which then gives you the structure, I think, then for, you know, being ready for a Monday, whatever that looks like for you. So um, time off is probably a better Monday, whatever (laughs) that looks like, which is really hard when you freelance, really difficult. I'm sure a lot of people might Mm -hmm. find that to know when you need to have your time off. I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, mm.
1: definitely. Uh, you said
0: that you work as a free freelancer, mm. uh, but could you tell a little bit more about that? Like, what do you actually do? What's your background? <laughs> do you know what, you sound like my mother.
1: Like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> What's your, my mother knows. It's other people. Um, so I am a clown and an actor and facilitator. So I've trained as an actor. Um, many many years ago and then sort of fell into the world of clown and improvisation and comedy which um, I've worked in live theatre for many many years and from that I started to do a bit of teaching and facilitation of workshops Um, and then from there I started to create theatre and um, I developed my own show which was about uh, my own personal sort of autobiographical story about uh, mental health and therapy, uh, which brought me on to starting to create more work and investigate the world of mental health, mental wellbeing, therapy and the benefits. Um, and from there, over the last sort of five, six years, I uh, developed my company, Playwell. And um, so what we do is we train people to be and um, coach and facilitate people to be more creative and playful in the way that they um, approach their work and approach their life. And we try and bridge that gap, um, always promoting sort of positive mental well-being in everything that we do. So yeah, I've been doing that for a, a very long time now but sort of formally doing that under Playwell for the last five, six years. Um, Yeah, that's what we do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. Mm. That really sounds amazing and something really uh, unique as well. I, I don't think I've ever talked to... Uh, a clown before yeah. so this is cool <laughs> um, um, but could you tell a little bit more about your company play well like um on your web page I think it says that you promote positive health mm. and well-being through through, through the organization mm-hmm. uh but what do you do exactly like uh do you organize some some sort of workshops or how, how does it actually work
1: yeah so we started by creating th- so my background being in live theater um and live performance and interactive performance so uh we produce um productions theatrical productions obviously a lot of our work then moved online but that's you know that's another part of the conversation but um yeah so it's uh creating uh developing and producing live theater but then we also alongside that we started to develop workshops interactive workshops that um we would come and facilitate and we would do that for um from anybody from local communities um mental health charity service users um to corporate agencies design agencies um so really the big you know a a huge spectrum of people that we deliver our workshops to we also produce a podcast as well um called livid which is about uh anger and rage and our relationship to that and it's um we produce that and i co-host that with fellow clown um helen so we've been doing that we started to develop that over lockdown so a lot of our work is around the basis of play and it being interactive and collaborative and that's all of our work is developed around that as a you know as a structure as a baseline for everything that we do um so when we started to when coronavirus hit and we couldn't do anything that was face to face and in a room with people developing you know Teaching these, teaching these workshops and facilitating these spaces, we've moved everything online now. So I've been um, facilitating workshops for well, loads of loads of people for the past year, which has been absolutely amazing. Considering we start, I you know a year, I would say a year ago this week, I think we were put into lockdown in the UK, and it was the idea that how can I facilitate interactive, playful work. Uh, not in a space with people and I just remember thinking that's just going to be completely impossible to do that online and how can we do that and actually we spent then a lot of time after I got over the panic of going "That's not gonna happen (laughs) uh, which I'm sure a lot of people did um, and people needed this work more than ever they needed the time to be able to connect with each other um, and learn how to stay creative so a lot of our work is based on the principles of theatrical improvisation and clowning which is what my background's on uh, from so we developed all our work from that, and it was just about how we could continue to stay creative whilst we we're a lockdown whilst we were still working at home um and we've managed to transfer that and it's thankfully it's been really successful throughout the year so yeah that's what that's what we've been that's what we do. amazing yeah.
0: uh but how's play really related to work? Because isn't work supposed to be just that
1: work? Yes. Um, but I think <laughs> it's defining, it's how you define work or how a person defines what their work is. And everybody has their own definition of what they see work as. Um, you know, we believe that play uh, playing, in, like play, encourages um, positivity and it energizes us and it keeps us curious. And it's... Um, you know that you can read a lot of books about play and it, there's been a lot of uh th- you know there's hundreds of ted talks about what play is and people think it's just about going outside and throwing a ball around and that's the part of play that they understand and then it's about coming back and doing work and it's not really about that it's still looking at how you can put you can still be creative and be playful in your work so um you know, if you're a labourer, for example, if you're somebody who builds, uh, you know, I was going to say builds houses, and you see that as your your day of creating or designing it's your day of play. And then you would go into the garden and do some gardening just to have a bit of space. Or you would um, go and play the piano, for example, that would be the piano bit you would see as your play like you would see as your playtime maybe as your bit of creativity whatever you do but say a professional pianist that's their job every day is to go and play the piano for like five hours a day or however they (laughs) like I I play the piano and I have never practiced for five hours a day I'm not professional (laughs) but that's probably my problem um but you would then if you think about then for them going outside and doing some gardening or doing some creating might be play for them. So it's just how you skew your vision of what your definition of play is. And for us, we try to look at how we can merge the two things together. And, you know, I like to think that you, you, the person at work, you, you know, when we were allowed to go into the buildings, you'd put on your work outfit and you would, you know, whether that, let's say, for example, that's a suit and you dress smartly. And that person that goes to work isn't necessarily always the person that's at home. Um, so you're playing a character. And that's how we like to think of it. You're still putting on a costume, which is you're still being this person that you would be to your colleagues. Or if you're a boss of a huge amount of people, a lot of people see that as two separate things. Um, but to me, it's still play. You're still pretending or you're still putting on a persona to be somebody. And that is a lot of what performance is. You, you know, if we're nervous or scared, we put on a persona of being confident. Um it's it's just how you put your vision of what play is. And for us, I think the lines blur because it it it's in everything that we do when we're creative. So um when I meet when we run workshops for design agencies and I chat to them about their, you know, how they're developing ideas. They're basically creating, they're basically playing in a room. If you have a brand that comes to you and says, we want to make this thing, you know, we want you to sell this thing or we want a whole rebrand or we want to be looked at a different way, you would go into a space and you would throw loads of ideas around in a room together. And that's basically playing and creating. You might take the role of the um, the consumer, the person that's buying from, Uh, there you would put on that persona you would think about how they think it's the same thing so I think this is for us there's this real separation between our work and our um, and how we can stay playful for us a lot of it is about teaching you what you or bringing back what you already know that's already instilled in you we were always we were all children once we knew how to play we haven't lost that so for play well it's very much about looking at how we can remember how we played and created when we were younger but our focus is very much on you know it's on playing with adults playing with um yeah as opposed to as opposed to children it's how we play with adults and how we play together
0: Mm. yeah interesting thought and that's probably something that I (laughs) I would need at some point because I I've really noticed that for example, improvising for mm. for me is really hard. Like I'm that kind of a person who wants to know exactly what's gonna happen next. Mm. And like uh, if if there's a situation where I'm not prepared, it's like a disaster for me. Mm. Well, more or less, that's how it feels. Yeah. So so I, I really like the idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, of,
0: of bringing play, uh, in into workplace yeah. as well.
1: And there's the thing about improv is that. Um, if you're really nervous about what you're going to say often it's if you're in an interview and we get very nervous it's we know what we want to say it's just that the nerves might get in the way or our heads get a bit clouded but also it's the same way with um working with other people is that when you're when you're in a meeting together often the focus is so much about what we're doing as an individual what we can do how we can control it and what we don't do is we don't often focus about how if if our focus was put onto supporting other people and they, so this is one of our principles in Playwell and it's taken from an improv principle. It's called uh, making each other look good. This is one of the principles that we play with. If your focus is just about how to support the other people in the room and how to make them look like the best person ever, you know, the best strategist, the best designer, um, and they're doing that for you, then you don't worry about, you stop focusing on how you can get this right, especially when you're pitching something or you're in a team together. The focus is about how you're supporting each other and making each other look good. So you take the focus and the stress of what you do. You still have control of what's happening because you're still very prepared about what's happening in that room or in that pitch. But you're supporting each other and you're helping to focus on on what's happening. And all you have to focus on a lot of the time is what Come, you know if you're focusing on what the other person if you're focusing on how to support the other person if anything you say they will support that and you know that they've got your back and it's and vice versa and you would support the other person so a lot of it is about control but um and that is often you know the reason why we get so worried and stressed about about um, oh I don't want to mess this up and I want to have complete control over this but as we often know with anything with work you know coronavirus might completely shift things out of focus and so um, often it's about you know just recognizing and realizing that that's what's happened in the moment and what you and then to really just take a moment to think about you know I can't do anything about this, but instinctively, what do I want or what do I need to do? And it's sort of following following those natural instincts. But, yeah, a lot of it is about looking at how we can support each other and taking the stress and the focus off off ourselves. And it's amazing what that can do to sort of lighten your load. So, Mm. mm. Uh, Could you share some success stories from companies uh, who have been using joy and play at work? Oh, um, well, we often do um, a scale of measurement at the end of our, well, at the beginning, at the end of our workshops. Um, so often, you know, we'll, we'll ask people how they feel at the end and people are laughing and joyful and I'm very, very happy. So we know directly after the work that we do that they they feel a lot lighter. But we've I've had um, feedback from clients who said that they use some of the games that we'd played in our workshops to actually for a pitch, started to just throw loads of ideas into a, a bucket. And um, we, another principle that we use in improv is something called yes and, and what that is, is about just, is about saying yes to everything that comes into the room. Um, what that is, is not necessarily agreeing with what everybody says, but it's accepting. So the yes is an acceptance that yes, that's an idea and yes we're going to take that on and then the and is building so everybody knows that as as, you know because one of the difficult things about for example um just coming back to this design agency is when you're doing a sort of a brainstorm in a room a lot of the time uh people will come up with ideas and you might sit there and be like that's rubbish or or somebody else be like or you might have that person in a room that's like no no we're not having that and and we you set the thing which was anything just say anything that comes to mind and then you're you're you know you're stopping you're pausing everything that you're silencing what's in your head because you're worried about what comes out um we play a game where uh, the game is around saying yes and to accept it and so all you're doing is you're just accepting all these games because you never know what's going to happen or what's going to come out of, of people's mouths at this time and how you can support each other and how these brilliant ideas can manifest. So something completely ridiculous might come out and then you can sort of surprise and build on that because somebody felt like they didn't have to self-silence. Um, so I love hearing people using the work that we've been doing to develop their branding work, for example. Um, I also just really love seeing really serious faces in the workshops, whether it's online or it's in the space where you can see that there's some people in there that are like, I don't want to be here. This is not what I signed up to do. Uh, I'm, You know, they've heard they've got a workshop with a clown and they're imagining me in, like, a big, like, spotty jumpsuit, which, to be fair, I do often wear, uh, <laughs> but with a red nose and big shoes, you know, it's not that sort of clowning yet. Um, but the idea that they are, they have these you know, these worries or anxieties in the space and they're very closed off and their backs are up against the wall. Uh, but I always start all of our workshops by explaining that none of our work is is not a comedy workshop. So it's the, it's not about being funny. Um, the clown in us is about what's inherently charming and wonderful and open um, about you, about your part of your personality. And everybody has that part of you. Everybody has that charming part of you that's open and can be vulnerable and it's bringing that out through playful joyful um moments in our workshops so seeing those people transform into playing like you know a mobile phone or like playing a pirate on a pirate ship or these are you know a lot more of our physical workshops but seeing seeing that person who is really on the outskirts of the room really getting involved has been some of my most joyful moments that is the feedback in those moments those moments where you know that they're on side and they're with you um and they're they're you know they're happy to leave their inhibitions at the door um and i would say that a lot of our work is based around um focusing on what would an introvert how would an introvert feel about doing this work so um It's not for the loudest people in the room who are natural performers. You know, everything that we do, I would say an introvert would feel comfortable doing just so that we're making sure that we're supporting everybody and not making just the loudest people who want who find it's an hour of stand up comedy time for them. Like (laughs) That's not how we set out at all. So, yeah, especially those people as well, if they're really getting involved, we know that we've done a good job. Yeah, that's uh, immediate feedback that you get. Yeah, 100%. It's really (laughs) glorious. So yeah, it's been great. Then
0: could you give any other tips uh, on how companies could actually support their employees' happiness and work-life balance at work?
1: They need to have a happiness officer. I'm just obsessed <laughs> with your job. Um, I think so too. You. <laughs> um, yeah, I, okay, well, happiness officer, first and foremost. <laughs> um, I would say not to just have, so over, I don't know if, where else they have this, but um, not to just have mental health and wellbeing training for some members of the team. I think training and support needs to be needs to be for everybody I think there needs to be a more you know we say awareness there needs to be a more awareness but we there is because a lot of the time there's some charities over in the UK that offer training but a lot of the time that's maybe just for like four different people in the company and then their job is to then be a first aider which is great but I think everybody needs training in mental health and wellbeing, um, support everybody, because if like Tony from accounts is having a bad day, but also he has to support somebody on like on the work floor, who's also, and that, and Tony is the mental health first aider. And that person's busy or, you know, it's, it, I don't think it I don't think it's conducive to actually a supportive space. So there's an amazing charity that um I do a bit of work for as well um called Chasing the Stigma. They're a Liverpool based charity and what they do is they deliver company-wide awareness training for everybody in the whole in the whole organisation and what that does is it just gives everybody a blanket Um, knowledge of how to talk about mental health and mental illness how to talk uh, what to do if somebody is in a crisis to know exactly what to do in that moment um and then to just give you those tips and to know where the experts are as opposed to feeling like we are the experts in the team and I should know exactly what to do to support somebody and I don't think that's our job um you know that's where the professionals come in to support each other so that would be one part um I also think normalising, and we're getting better at it now, somebody called it a mental health day. They're taking a mental health day. Um, I think we need to look at the language around that. But I would say, you know, whilst we're trying to look for better language on that, is normalising how to support each other in a way that if somebody is having a low mood day or if somebody is not feeling well, um, as taking it as seriously as you would if somebody was physically unwell and this is always what the issue is as well when we say um you know your physical health what we often think about your physical health is when you think of of something in a more positive nature so you would think of somebody being well physically but when you say mental health it's always looked at as a negative term so it's looking around the differences between mental health and mental illness but um also looking about how we balance that and we support people in in both in both camps, so if it's a physical, if they're physically unwell, you know what to do, but, you know, if you're mentally unwell, you need to look at how you could offer them the same support. Um, Also, I guess this is where, this is a lot where Playwell, where we came in, was because when we spoke to companies about how they bond or how they look at how they're supporting each other on a regular basis, uh, and we said, you know, what do you do to have joy and bring pleasure, Um, And they'd be like, well, we just put money behind the bar or the drinks trolley comes round and um, everyone can have a beer at the end of the week. And that focus on, like, alcohol and a a culture around alcohol and that's how you relax um, is such an unhealthy way to keep your focus on, like, that's your reward. Um, Or it's like one day a year, um, let's all go outside and do... You're get i think we've got it go ape but you know like a team away day which is great but it's then your focus is on those one days and then the rest of the days is just about work and so for us i would love to look, see more people bringing like every week you have you know we would do this is what we're doing with companies at the moment to look at how we can bring our workshops into a more regular way um so maybe on a Monday morning, we run a workshop for them, which is what we started doing to do in lockdown for a lot of companies or, you know, we call Wednesday a hump day. Um, so maybe it's a Wednesday just to break the week up a bit. I think it's just about re- we've really shifted the focus at work about now the culture is changing because people are working from home a lot more. And I think that's great. But um I think that can leave a lot more room now for how we can support each other in our day-to-day once, uh, air, and I'm using air quotes, normality comes back. I would hate to think that people can start going back to work over here from like the 21st of June and then basically everything we've learnt from this year on how to support each other is just forgotten. So I would like to think that we could keep with that trajectory of supporting each other in that way. So yeah don't think I've forgotten anything else yeah that's why I'm yeah <laughs> just a few things
0: <laughs> yeah very very good tips yeah. and uh in a way uh, I think that they all combine to to one theme which is kind of a raising the awareness mm. of of uh, mental health and uh, how to what you said like normalizing mental he- health and uh well-being in general at the Mm. company and that we actually follow it up uh that we just don't organize one big event uh once in a year and then that's it then you forget about it yeah yeah, exactly
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I think so (laughs) then how do you take care of yourself and your own work-life balance
1: (laughs) that's a good question um (laughs) I am very no I was gonna say um I'm really rubbish at it. Often. (laughs) I don't think it's, I think I need to start admitting that more. It's good to admit it. Often working, working, working in mental health and wellbeing, sort of awareness and support. It is important to be able to also manage your own health and wellbeing. And I've had to, I've had to learn a lot about what I need and how to ask for it. Um, about taking some time off, um, having my evenings off. I really try to do that, even if, and it's and it's difficult, but it's really making sure I have that focus of taking some time, making sure I get out um, every day. But what we've, and these are our guiding principles, actually, at Playwell, which we do we develop these, and I do stick by these, and these are a really good measurement for us um so we there's our guiding principles is all of our work is based around um three points which is connection achievement and pleasure and every single day you should feel like you have tick you have an equal balance of all three things so um achievement would be feeling like you've achieved something at work or you've ticked something off your to-do list or you've just done a wash like you've as in like you've put a wash on or you've cleaned yourself like you've had a shower (laughs) whatever you feel like is a is an achievement level for you making sure that you've done something every day um also then connection so um connecting with people every day making sure that you've spoken to somebody you've had a good you've spoken to somebody on the phone or even if it's the delivery person for your shopping like making sure that you've at least spoken to a human being either whether it's online or it's face-to-face if it's you know it's safe to do so um so just making sure that you're checking in with somebody every day and you're making sure that you're having that connection and then pleasure which is doing something fun for you that you enjoy that doesn't have to have any outcome at all so the pleasure pleasure part might be you know watching something on telly on netflix uh, reading a nice book um might be t- you know going for a walk if that's pleasurable for you for me it might be like playing with my dog um just having some peanut butter on on toast like that's a lot of pleasure for me like thinking about what makes you feel good that has no outcome at all other than it just makes you feel good in that moment um and all of our work so everything that we do is is around those three principles so all of our workshops bring you achievement connection and pleasure so you have a good time you're connecting with other people and you feel like you've learned and you've achieved things it's the same with the theater that we do we feel like we want to make sure or our podcast we're trying to make sure that everything that we do is around those guiding principles and then for me personally i try to make sure at the end of the day that i have achieved or I've, i've ticked off those three things in some way um And often you can measure your mood by knowing if you've got, you've had a bit of an imbalance. So if I've spent the whole day working and I've taken loads of things off my to-do list, but I haven't spoken to anybody all day and I haven't just done something for pleasure, like go outside or stick my head out the window or like eat something nice. If I haven't done the other two, then you can feel like your balance is slightly off. So I, A really helpful thing that we say is to just notice how you're feeling at the end of a day. And if you if it's a bit off, go back and look at that scale and see what you, you know, have a look and see if you balanced one thing more than the other. Same thing if you spend the whole day, unless it's a weekend, but if you've spent the whole day just doing something for pleasure the whole day and you haven't achieved anything, you might start to feel a bit guilty when you feel like I really should have just put a wash on or cleaned my flat and just notice that that's all right you know it's all right once in a while and sometimes we do outbalance the other but it's just really good to notice that and I think those three things are have helped me as a person outside of my work to notice when I'm feeling low and what I need to just be able to achieve that balance so um yeah I would say that they are my I, I'm getting better at looking after myself well like much better now I have something to measure it on I have I feel like I've got a lot more of a an idea about what's what's going to help me day to day
0: yeah and uh those are good tips for everyone I yeah. think yeah so to like uh take care of yourself yeah. by by following these three mm. principles then you are already quite far
1: yeah <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs>
0: Uh, all right. I still have one more question. Mm. Uh, name one happiness-related act uh, that makes company a better employer than all the others.
1: Name one company happiness-related act that, that makes, makes company a
0: better employer than all the others.
1: My company. No. Uh, <laughs> it can be any company. <laughs>
0: Uh but just something that actually uh something that the company does uh that makes it better employer than other employers. I,
1: that's yes, now I understand. It takes me some time to like <laughs> refocus what I'm thinking about. Um one thing I think it's I think it's listening it's it's listening to your employees. And it's prioritizing what they need if they are the cogs in the machine to make the machine work it's about this sounds it's about being human about it. I know this is the thing I think when we get that balance of work, play, and life, and we understand the importance of all three, you have much happier um, employees because you're priori- prioritizing them, you realize that they are um the employees are the reason why you're why you're working you know if it was just the bosses up at the top you wouldn't you wouldn't be doing the work your job is to sort of facilitate and manage them and to help support them and I think that's you know that having the focus having a focus to understand you know like we say about making other people look good I think a really good boss is are those people that that does that and you know the focus that i had when i was working in theater was these really amazing directors who directed a whole piece of theater with hundreds of people and all these huge amounts of sort of um uh all these very complicated tech things that they needed but they just managed to facilitate and support everybody and they were the greatest people who you would always go back to work with um and i think it's the same in any workplace is about how you know how to support each other, how you know how to um, focus on accepting things that people are saying and um, knowing how to bring the best of them, bring, bring the best out of them. Um, Also, you've talked about this on your podcast before, but um, obviously failing in a company is never great. It's never good, but it's knowing and understanding. We call it mistakes are gifts. So, the focus on getting things wrong or things going wrong is understanding how that they can actually be an opportunity to learn and to to learn and to grow and i would say that companies who have those um are human about all the things that happen with their employees i think they make the best oh sorry make 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 the best bosses because they're there to support each other so Um, as much as there's always a hierarchy and and you know there always is I think it's just knowing how we're supporting each other better as a team and everybody is a part of that team so yeah I think so I
0: totally Mm. totally
1: agree oh good good I was like I think that answered the question (laughs) yeah Yeah, Yeah, I think it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's hard it's it's hard but yeah, we're getting there. People, people are getting this. I keep going back, but it, you know, it is what it is. What's happening at the moment this year? We've had to be more human about things because this year has made people very vulnerable in all sorts of ways. And take stock and reassess how we work. Um, and when we lost, you know, when a lot of our live work disappeared into the ether once all the theatres shut down um we also have a, a saying in in improv in, um, in improv called suck it plans and it's just that letting go like throwing that idea away like the plans have gone this has taken a turn to something else and we can either pivot we've done so much pivoting i feel dizzy from <laughs> like oh we're doing this now <laughs> um but actually i think it was that once the panic subsided is going okay there's still people here, and we can still work away. To there's still people are still going to want this, and still need this, and we'll just have to find a way to deliver that. Um, that is different, and it's going to be scary. But, and I think a lot of companies did that through lockdown on how to support, you know, a lot of companies were like, we will never let our employees work from home. They have to come in and we pay a lot of money for the building. And then coronavirus happened. They were like, you can all work from home. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. We'll still make it work. So it's realizing that we can start pivoting and maneuvering ourselves and we can still support each other. Um, And I think a lot of people have been able to do that this year. So, Yeah
0: more of that i think yeah and i i love the thing that flexibility has really increased in in companies it's amazing to hear that uh people are now more able to balance with with their work and uh, with the free time so that's really something that i hope that even uh even when we move back to the new normal or mm. whatever that, yeah, that whatever will be. that is <laughs> yeah <laughs> then uh we would still have the learnings or we would still take the learnings with us to the new no- normality and mm. really let the people uh enjoy their lives as well e- even though they 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 still will do their work but it's it's important to let them focus on their
1: other part of life as well yeah 100% 100% agree with you and yeah I think there is there's going to be a lot of change but there's also going to be a lot of people that say right we're just you know we're back to work this is how we work now but um yeah I think being flexible a little bit more flexible and a little bit more empathetic and a little bit more human about how we look after people and how we deal with what's happening I think we're just make people feel happier and will make people feel like they want to come to work and also, you know, getting a better balance of how, of, of what their day-to-day is. So yeah, I, I think the flexibility, um, I think it's, I think it's given people a lot more heart to understand what you can do and how you can look after people better. So yeah, fingers crossed. People take that into this new I don't want to call it a new world this is still part of this is just a really strange thing that we've all had to go through but yeah i would like to think that we're coming out the other side of it more resilient and and stronger and also Mm -hmm. knowing how to support each other Yeah. yeah thank you lauren thank you so much oh it's been an absolute pleasure Thank
0: you everyone who listened to this episode. I really hope you liked it as much as I did. If you want to hear more, just go to www.bettermonday.fi to subscribe and hear more. This is the Better Monday podcast powered by Sophocles.